I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today's topic, understanding the deal process with a private equity-backed buyer. This is Dave Kittle on The Dave Kittle Show. I'm the owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We're currently acquiring practices in the New York and New Jersey area. And today we have Steve Tolger on the podcast today. He is the Vice President of Mergers and Acquisitions and Partnerships at Alliance Physical Therapy Partners. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm feeling great. How are you? Enjoying the day. Excellent. So let's get into today's topic, understanding the deal process with a private equity backed buyer. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can go into your roles and responsibilities at Alliance. Absolutely. Yet again, thanks for having me on. So I run our mergers and acquisitions and partnerships here at Alliance. You know, my background is in, you know, investment banking and and private equity family office work. So I've lived in, I lived in the deal world most of my career. Now, I'm not a PT by background, so I can honestly tell you that, but I have been exposed to it now for about a year here at Alliance, and it's it's been fantastic. It's it's a wonderful business, and my goal here is to meet great business owners out there, connect with them, you know, look and see what they're looking for. It's about building a relationship and figuring out what next steps are for for owners. So you know, my goal is to figure that out and then hopefully we can work together and, and get a deal done or a partnership. Excellent. And can you give us a little bit of a background for any of the owners watching or listening? If they don't know Alliance Physical Therapy Partners, can you give us a little bit of a background on the company and the scale and, and the reach that you guys have? Absolutely. So Alliance Physical Therapy Partners um, is a, a private equity backed group. We are based in Grand Rapids, but we have 15 brands located around the country. So you actually will not see an Alliance Physical Therapy Clinic. And if you do, it's not us. So we get that question a lot. They're like, oh, Senior Clinic Alliance. I'm like, that's not us. So we have 15 brands around the country. We are over 100 clinics now, outpatient PT clinics around the country. So we're in that growing sweet spot. you know. And like I said, we are private equity backed. We were acquired last year, uh, actually just about a year ago from right now by um, Beacon Petty O'Keefe, which is a, uh, you'll probably hear me say BPOC, is a private equity firm based out of Chicago. And one of the great things about BPOC is they are healthcare only focused. So, you know, a lot of people get concerned about, you know, a generalist fund maybe backing a, a company, not knowing a lot about the industry. But BPOC is healthcare focused only. So it's great to have, you know, a financial sponsor who who understands our business a little bit better than most would. And so before BPOC, were you guys backed by a different private equity firm or was it just through Alliance itself? Correct. Yeah. Before that, we were we were backed by a GPB capital uh, based out of New York. And that transition happened about a year ago. 
And since that, you know, we, we've had a lot of growth. And I'll be honest, I was I came on in January of this year to run our M&A and partnerships. It's it's part of our growth strategy from BPOC. So Alliance wasn't particularly acquisitive in the past, but they did a few before for my time. But since joining here, we, we've done about you know, five, five deals this year, you know, added about 10 clinics around the country. So we've been pretty active and pretty successful and we're continuing to grow that way. And in terms of the the size and scale of your company alliance, it's, you said in the pre-interview about in the top 15 or top 20, in terms of outpatient physical therapy, clinic locations, it kind of depends on how we're categorizing them though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when I think of Alliance, I think of outpatient PT. So when I say over a hundred, right, it's the the clinic that you'd see, you know, off the road, right, where you'd see, you know, here in Grand Rapids, our our group is called Advent, right. So that's the that's the signage you would see here in Grand Rapids. You know, we we do have another company called WorkFit, and we do have some hospital contracts, and we actually also have a company called BioCorrect, which does custom orthotics. So we do have a few other things, but our, our main focus is on outpatient PT. Excellent. So then let's get into the components of understanding the deal process with a private equity backed buyer. So how do you start helping and and assisting and communicating with potential practice owners? Maybe they reach out to you. Maybe they're speaking to several buyers. They are or they they have most likely never sold a business before these practice owners. They might have owned the practice for 10, 20, 30 years. So it's really important. We talked about in the pre-interview in regards to you and your firm kind of helping some of these practice owners, same thing that we're doing, kind of like guiding them along the process, managing their expectations, talking about next steps and timelines. So let's get into that. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, this is a conversation from day one, right? We're building a relationship. And I think that's what everybody needs to remember. You know, selling your business is is, is a difficult process, but it doesn't have to be, but it's also a very exciting process. And, you know, we're here from day one, to answer questions, right? Um, I believe and and something we really bank on here at Alliance is from day one, there's no reason not to be fully transparent and honest about what's going on, what we're thinking and what you're thinking, because we both have goals. We both have things we're looking for. And if you hide that stuff early on, it's going to come out eventually. And you'd rather just discuss it up front and we'll do the same thing on our side. So and I believe that's the best way to start any relationship anyway. So first off, when you do reach out to us, one of the first things you actually will do, which I think is great, is even before you might hop on a call with me, our CEO, Richard Lever, he'll call you. So one of the great things about Richard is he's a, he's a PT himself. He's been a PT for 30 plus years. He's one of the very few CEOs in our industry that, of a larger scale that is, is a PT. And he's been through it all. He's seen it all. And he'll actually have a conversation with you if, if, if it gets to the point where you're interested. And I think being able to connect to him, um, on how on PT is super valuable. And if that conversation goes well, you know, he sometimes I join that, sometimes I don't. Um, but if that conversation goes well and it's still something you're very interested in, your next conversation will be with me and, and we'll talk about what your actual goals are for selling or, or partnering with us. Got it. Do you guys usually get questions from physical therapy practice owners in regards to their, like the pros and cons of a, a quote unquote corporate or a PE backed company, as opposed to, I mean, it, it's great that you have Richard, right? So he's kind of like your, your, 
pure physical therapist practice owner. So that obviously helps. That's what that's what we're doing. So I'm a physical therapist as well. And um, we have another physical therapist on our board. Um, but in terms of the practice owners that you guys are speaking with or have spoken with before they decide to you know, make a decision and move forward, do they ever have reservations about interfacing or working with a private equity backed firm or company? Is that something they even bring up? And then you guys kind of help them get over get over the the hurdles or the, the questions there? Or is it something that they don't usually bring up? And it's more of like, if you guys all build rapport, then the conversations move forward and it just goes from there. Yeah, I, I think with us, I would specifically say it truly doesn't really matter that much. I think we are private equity backed and we're very transparent about that. We have no issues saying that, but our relationship with BPOC is, is fantastic. And they really trust our leadership team here at Alliance to run the business. So obviously they're there for support and helping us and and are always, you know, asking questions and we have approval processes with them. Absolutely. But in the end, the owner, it won't affect the owner and you won't even know they're there really. You're working with Alliance, you're working with me, you're working with Richard, you're working with, you know, our team going through the process. They're there, they're in the background and they know what's going on and, and I keep them updated. But in reality, you won't even know they're there. Got it. So let's get into a little bit more on the timeline. So if you have practice owners that you're interfacing with, you guys are speaking with, they're somewhere in your pipeline, different levels of seriousness, right? So how do you guys communicate timelines? At the end of the day, it really depends on how quick they can move, right? Like where are they in the decision-making process? Just speak to a little bit of the timeline here. Yeah, no, absolutely. When the conversation gets serious, you know, and this is typically when an NDA has been signed, right? which protects, it's really more for the seller than anybody else, of course, right? It, it's protecting your confidentiality and whatever you're you're sending us or whatever, right? That keeps us from from telling anybody else about it, right? And it's it's very important to understand that the NDA really is, is for the seller. If it gets to the point where, you know, they, they are interested in selling, you know, you know the, that's the biggest question, right? Is, is what's my, my business worth really? But there's really only one way to start discovering that, right? And that's requesting some some financials. Now, obviously, on top of you know requesting you know the last three years of financials, right, is typically what our first request is. Is other things that are very important to a PT business, right? Your your KPIs, payer mix, you know your lease on your building, or or if you own the building, right? I, I would say our first round of requests are less than ten. After that NDA, it, it's not. Um, a mind blowing list. Most people through their EMR or in QuickBooks can quickly print that stuff off. It's not like it takes a ton of effort. Most EMRs or QuickBooks can do it really fast. So it's, it shouldn't be strain, straining on the seller to pull that stuff together. You know, they'll send that over to me and, you know, I'll start doing my analysis. And from there, it really matters how fast we can hop on calls, right? Because of course, you know, and and I like to talk about it, right? When I look at financials and and numbers, right? And then we have these calls and it's, I'm going to ask questions, right? And I I just want, everybody needs to be aware that when I'm asking these questions, it's not because I'm saying you're doing something wrong or why are you doing this, right? This is me just trying to understand the business. And most of the time, my questions are actually helping, helping you because I'm trying to understand you know, certain things that we can do ourselves here, which most likely will increase the valuation of your business. So, 
you know, that request happens. Um, we'll have a few calls discussing, you know, financials and stuff you provided us with. And, and from there, you know, we, we go straight from understanding that. And then obviously asking, like, is this still something you're, you're ready to move forward with? And if that's a yes, you know, we go straight to drafting an LOI. So a letter of intent. Um, and where we give you a, a evaluation and how we would structure the deal. And also, you know, a timeline of how long from signing the LOI to actually closing the deal. Now, you know, it's purely dependent upon size of the deal and, and things like that. But I would say typically it's, you know, 45 days, 30 to 45 days is something we can get a deal done. But like I, like you mentioned already, you know, our, our side can move pretty quickly. It really depends on how, how the seller moves. Sure. And in regards to like those, you know, your, your top 10 data points in terms of what you guys are looking for, you mentioned the last three years of financials. So you guys, us, ever, we're asking for the last three years of tax returns, right? P&L, income statement, balance sheet, et cetera. Yep. And then the KPI. So whether it's, you know, units per visit or, you know, units per plan of care. And there's some top KPIs that either you guys are preferring or the industry standard units per visit, units per therapist, common things like that, average revenue per visit in terms of reimbursement. When you're requesting those things, that's that's what we've seen. I don't know if you have any any other feedback, but the amount of time it takes for a practice owner to even just get through that first step of of getting all that information together. In some cases, it might not be all that handy. It's just going to take them some work. And then if they're treating patients, they're doing other things, it could just cause a little bit of a lag. And when I say a lag, that's all relative. It could be days, it could be weeks, and basically it, it could take in some cases, probably longer. So yeah. do you use that as a, like, first of all, you said like maybe the, the top 10 things that you guys are looking for. So it's, I know for us, it's important to not overwhelm the practice owner with like a huge data request because eventually you're going to ask for more and more. You said, you know, the, the lease agreement, if there's real estate involved, whatever, what we found is like, we don't want to overwhelm them. So it's going to be like waves of requests, right? But that first wave will be kind of telling in regards to, are they organized? Is their back office organized? Do they are they even looking at KPIs? Like, do they have these things handy? Are they using these reports from the electronic medical record? Because in many cases, they might not be. We've had practice owners once we sign the NDA, they allow us to get into their electronic medical record and get these reports ourselves. So it really it depends. Every practice owner is different. So have you seen things there? Do you have any additional feedback? or takeaways from that first step as to, is this individual serious? Are they organized? What other things does that tell you, if at all? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good question. We, we've seen them all too. I, I'll, you know, I mean, and, and people get busy, right? And, then, and that's something I, I do understand, right? People have lives outside of this, right? And, and unfortunately, a lot of the work that is required to do this is kind of outside of your daily norm, right? It's outside. If you're, if you're still the one running the business, we know how busy you are. You got to see patients. So, and you know, if you have a family, other obligations, right? All of a sudden, your time's looking pretty thin. So we understand that. And full of transparency, if you got to talk to me at you know, 6.30 in the morning, because that's when you're available, right? Fine, right? Not a big deal, because I understand and we understand that it can be hard to pull this stuff together. You know, do I get concerns about it? Not, not really. Some people just haven't really thought about their business this way, right? And and they've ran their business maybe for 20 years to to the way they thought it was being done. And 
you know, maybe their local CPA who helps them with their taxes and everything like that is, is saying like, hey, this is how you should run your business and all these things. And maybe for that reason, it makes sense. But I think something hard for sellers to understand is when when we, you know, as, as somebody like myself who starts looking at information, we think of it in a much different lens than maybe you've looked at the last 20 years. And that's not a bad thing. It's just how we have to think about it going forward. So some of our requests may be different or the way we're viewing things. And, and it's just it's, it's just our world compared to what maybe your local CPA or accountant has been having you do for 20 years. So I think that can be a difficult thing is, is when you're requesting this stuff and they've been doing it this way. And then, you know, they asked their CPA and the CPA was like, well, here it is. But then, I, you know, we view it differently, right? So sometimes there's a little bit of difficulty there, but it's just open and honest, honest transparency about like, no, this is what we're trying to do. It's not a bad thing. What you've been doing the past 20 years is completely fine. We're good. Don't think you're doing something wrong. That's not the case at all. We just have to think about it a little bit differently. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So next step or the next phase in understanding the deal process with a private equity backed buyer. Let's talk about a little bit of due diligence. And then that'll kind of segue into the cost, like the the cost for the owner, you can paint some a little bit more detail there. So let's go into the, the diligence process. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I think, you know, is something we do really well here at Alliance is, you know, after that LOI is signed, and we've come to an agreement on a moving forward, you know, there is, besides those 10 things that we did pre-LOI, there's some significant diligence that has to get done between that LOI and closing. And that's a lot more to do with with risk for us as, as a company. So due diligence is something everybody has to do for these kind of things. And it can be a little bit overwhelming to see a lot of these questions. And I like to tell owners that just because you don't know or it's a no, that's not a bad thing. Right. That's just us asking a simple question. Right. And if it's no, that probably, probably a good thing for us, to be honest with you. So, and the other thing is, you know, it's, this is deals, deal size dependent as well. But most deals we look at for when it's, when it's a smaller, you know, single or, or two clinics, one of the things that we really think is valuable that we bring to the table is, is we do almost all of the diligence here in house. So, you know, I, I handle like the day to day, right? Um, you work with me a lot. I'm kind of, I call them like, you know, the quarterback of the deal, right? I make sure everything's moving, communicating correctly. But, you know, internally on our side, we have our chief compliance officer who does the compliance diligence and she's fantastic and she's an awesome person and everybody loves working with her, right? So we do that work in house here. And then we have a, a general counsel here. So our lawyer here, you know, over the last, year, we've really come up with like a, a nice standard set of, of legal documents. And, and, and the best term for it is, is plain vanilla, right? Um, we're not trying to complicate this and drag it out, right? So we, we make it as easy to understand as possible. And now obviously, the seller is going to want to have an attorney on their side, they're going to need one. But outside of that, I don't think you'll need a lot of you know outside help to, to cut down your costs. And also the way we structure our deals, like I said, and Everything is very straightforward. So as a seller, it, hopefully you're not going to have to spend a ton of money on, on your outside legal costs. So I think that's the biggest benefit from LOI to close is you'll just be working with Alliance folks. Pretty much that's it, which is great also for post-closing, right? Is, is these are people that you got to know during the process. And, and it gives you a little bit more trust that if you got to know them and you liked them, right? These are the people that, you know, 
that the clinic's going to be working with moving forward. And, and that's a good feeling to kind of almost like dating, right? You're almost dating for a couple of months. And that's, that's a good feeling. Absolutely. And so the fact that you guys have the general counsel in-house and the compliance officer in-house completing the, the chart audits and all that, you had mentioned in the pre-interview that that cuts down on expenses from both sides. So it's not like a an external law firm that you guys potentially would have where they're taking their time because that external law firm has other clients and um, they're, you know, kind of in the business of of billing, you know, billable hours and fees. So versus in-house, you guys have things in-house. So it allows your process to be faster and more efficient. And then therefore, if this whole process is faster and more efficient, then typically the seller, the practice owner, will have a smaller legal bill from their own lawyer because the process was faster and more efficient as opposed to being drawn out where an external law firm is going back and forth with the seller's lawyer and you know taking extra time or or communicating about you know superfluous details that aren't really critical to moving forward. Correct. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, full transparency is, you know, we do deals without even a broker involved, which also can cut down, but brokers have been involved as well too. So it's all things that, you know, the seller decides to do, but um, we definitely have figured out a, a process here to, to cut down on, on expenses and, and, you know, time, time is, time is expensive, right? And that's the one thing you'll probably have to give up, but that would be the case whether or not, you know, and, and, and you know, you know, full transparency for us, a, a larger acquisition, um, you know, diligence gets a little bit heavier, but it's for these these smaller, smaller deals, it's not, but you know, a bigger deal, we we would definitely have to hire some outside help as there's a lot more diligence that goes into it. For sure. What type of suggestions or advice might you have for practice owners? So whether we're partnering with them and acquiring them, or whether you guys are partnering and acquiring some or all of their practice. Any other suggestions in regards to this process? So you had mentioned, for example, a lot of this type of work might be outside of the office or be become a lot more time of their day. So whether it's evenings, weekends, et cetera, what are some things that could help private practice owners understand this process a little bit more? So in some cases, maybe if they're, you know, if they're still treating 30 or 40 hours a week, if they're treating patient 30 or 40 hours per week. They have to carve out time elsewhere to interface with you and your firm and their own lawyer and all that. So like maybe they need to take roles and responsibilities off their plate. Maybe they should probably delegate a lot of responsibilities. What are some other suggestions or feedback that you might have for practice owners so that they could have a smoother process in exiting and transitioning? Yeah, I, you know, and, and everybody has a different reason for either selling or transitioning, right? Some people have been preparing for it for years, and then other people, you know, unfortunately, there's a life event or something where things, you know, change, change that. So I, I would say if it's the former where, you know, you've been thinking about it for a while, um, it's really good idea to start thinking about this six months in advance of when it's really going to start happening, right? To your point, you know, in that six months leading up to maybe assigning an LOI, you should be maybe transitioning some some of your work to maybe another clinician at the office or planning ahead for it because it is very, it, it can be very time consuming. But at the same time, I think, I think one of the things that like, like you talked about earlier, we can move relatively quickly. So as hard as it can be to find the time, if you kind of see that, you know, light at the end of the tunnel that think long term, you can really say like, all right, in the next 
45 days, I'm going to really have to buckle down and, and kind of sacrifice more time than I want to, to this. But once that, that closing day comes, I mean, it, it's really a celebration, right? I mean, you, you, you should be ecstatic and, and knowing that your, your life is going to significantly change in a great way. And so all that time that you effort, you just spent, you know, working with us and getting to know us isn't time wasted then. Right. And that's, it's kind of just a mindset thing that you have to think about going into the process. So not just the the liquidity event where they have more money in their bank account, but how else would their life be changing? Is it because a, a group like yours has more support, more resources? How how like what else is in it for the the practice owner in this type of scenario? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and and then really, like I said, I'll I'll learn this from a seller on day one. It's it's the number one thing I like to ask is like, how did you get your business to where it is, and and what are you looking for? What what's your goals, right? And we've seen it all. You know, some people are, are really looking to to retire, you know, take that liquidity event and say, Hey, I'm ready to enjoy enjoy life and take some time. So obviously at that point, you know, time is freedom, right? So you, you get to look forward to that. There, you know, uh, for those owners, I, I really recommend, you know, really thinking about it six months to a, a year in advance of saying of figuring out who can who can run that clinic that you have employed right now. Who can run that clinic without you there? Um, I, I think is a is a really thing good thing to start planning about a year in advance. Is figuring out who who's that who's that clinic director? Who's that person I can trust to run this business if I wasn't here? That's something I recommend to the people kind of looking to retiring. There's other business owners who are what I like to say they they just want to take some chips off the table, right? You know they're not quite ready to retire. They're they love what they do, which most PTs do love treating patients. So I like to say, like, look, if that's what you want to get back to do and take some chips off the table, here's the benefits of working with us. Um, a, you're going to only treat patients. Great. You are no longer doing billing, talking to payers. You know, Alliance has everything that sits here in, in Grand Rapids to support you. We have RevCycle. We have CIV, we have legal, we have marketing, we have HR, we have our own internal um, electronic medical records system. So we handle all of that work. <laughs> so anything that you refer to as back office that you could probably think of is something you will not have to worry about going forward. That is that is our responsibility. And I think that's super attractive, right? Because instead of working 60 plus hours a week, treating for 40 plus doing back office stuff on the weekends and nights, you just freed up, you know, 20 hours of your of your life <laughs> without having to do the stuff that you really don't want to do. So I think you can think of it that way as well. Yeah, awesome. What's uh do you usually have owners reaching out to you guys? Or are you guys doing a lot of outbound? How do you and owners usually end up interfacing and connecting? Yeah, I would I would say it's a little bit of both. You know, we we definitely have um our outbound research that that we do. Uh, Jill, she, she works with me. She's, she's fantastic. She handles a lot of that. Um, and she's, she's a great personality that everybody loves to talk to. So, you know, she, she does a lot of the, the kind of reach out, but also, I mean, word of mouth, right? Last year, you know, we, we're, we're relatively acquisitive and done some good partnerships and our name is starting to get out there a little bit. So people will start reaching out to us just through word of mouth, but. You know, we we take inbounds all the time. You can go to our website. You can email me and anything like that uh, if you're interested. And and um, either I can talk to you or Richard can talk to you. Um, it, it really is up to you. 
Excellent. I think that would be a, a perfect place to wrap up. So anyone in the audience that's a private practice owner that is either in or around the markets and, and regions that you guys already have locations or might have a five, six, seven or or larger location practice that maybe you guys would use as a foothold into a new market, what would be a good place for them to reach out? You mentioned either the main website or connecting with you, LinkedIn, email address. What's the best place for the audience to reach out to you or Alliance? No, absolutely. Um, you can head to our website. We have a we have a tab that you can see that says um, you know partnerships working with us, and you can fill out a, a form where you can connect with us. You know, I you can you can have my email. Happy to reach out to me. Uh, it's steve.tolger at allianceptp.com, and and we can share that information after this. I'm also on LinkedIn myself. You know, Steve Tolger. Uh, Steve Tolger. So. Any way you want to reach out, get a hold of us. We're happy to have any conversations and just excited to talk to you. Awesome. So that was Steve Tolger, VP of M&A and Partnerships at Alliance Physical Therapy Partners, understanding the deal process with a private equity-backed buyer. Steve, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Dave. Have a great one. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.